Hey everybody, Breakfast with Bill here. Hey, I know I haven't gotten a podcast out in a while. Things, life sometimes gets real busy, lots of stuff going on. Yes, we're good, we're okay. Um, we are um, remodeling a, a big barn, a shed, uh, putting a break room in it, an office, all that kinds of stuff. So I've been an extremely busy late summer, early fall. Um, Waiting to get the drywall up. I get the drywall up and then be close to finishing it. But not making any excuses. Just kind of tell you we've got a lot of stuff going on. I want to talk a little bit here. Merry Christmas, by the way, to everybody. Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. And, you know, we can all jump up and down and complain about stuff going on in the world. And we can we can bitch, moan, and groan. And, and we love to complain. Um, I've never heard a bunch of farmers where somebody wasn't growling about something. Um, it's just part of our nature, and, and I think maybe that partly comes because we have to not only have all the other business stuff going on, we have to, for lack of a better word, fight the weather at times and and everything else that goes with it. But let's talk a little bit about agricultural economics into the future, and specifically, I'm talking about 2024. And I first want to kind of start out on what I call what I call a cost side, and I think it's a long term cost side. I think it's a cost side that's only going to go up. And so, bear with me here as I talk about several states. I'm going to talk about uh, California. I'm going to talk about Washington State. I'm going to talk about Illinois, specifically Chicago. And there's a lot of agriculture in California. There's agriculture in Washington State. And there's agriculture in Illinois. Okay, in California. Only about 200,000 taxpayers out of millions upon millions upon millions of people fund one half of the California state budget. There's 39 million people, 200,000. I didn't do the percentage, but they pay half of it. And I know you say, hey, these people, they're ultra wealthy. They got a lot of money. They make a lot of money. They, They should be paying a lot. But over 1 million taxpayers fled to California last year. Now, all, uh, California, New York, and Illinois lead states in people leaving the state. But if you look at their net losses, they all, they all have a net loss too, which is really, really unusual when you figure immigration, when you figure births, when you figure you know just population growth as all. They still have a net loss, but what what they're doing is you're losing your high-dollar tax-paying people and the people you're gaining, for lack of a better word, they're costing you money. You're having to expend money. They're, They're younger, so you have to spend money on education. They're poorer, which means they need more services. Um... It's, you know, it, it's not a good solution. So, um, California's turned a $100 billion surplus into a $68 billion deficit, and next year they're heading to an $87 billion deficit. No wonder Newsom wants to get out and run for president. He wants to get out of California. Uh, and, and let's face it, that big surplus, that big surplus was all based off of the COVID stimulus money. Uh, that that's you know the the federal government threw a ton of money 
at local governments and states, and that money's pretty much gone. And here, here we find ourselves. Now, talk about Washington State. Jeff Be- Bezos, the, the guy who runs Amazon, owns the big chunk of Amazon, he left Washington State and he went to Florida. 7% of Washington State's state income tax re- revenues are gone with just him leaving. Just him. That doesn't count all the people that are associated with him. That doesn't count his number two guy or gal. That doesn't count, you know, his uh, assistants, his his right and left hand persons that help him get a lot of things done. Um, they're they're all going to leave too. They're all going to go to Florida because you know they're all going to save money. So more than 7% just walked out the door. Now, Chicago. Um, spending $40 million a month on immigrants. They budgeted $150 million for the total year. So you don't even have four months of what you're spending now. But you, you could only put $150 million in there because uh, that balanced your budget. Now... Maybe they knew they're going to get a bunch of money from the federal government. Maybe they know, you know, I'm hearing that there's $5 billion heading out to states and cities for for immigration. But there's a cost to being a sanctuary city. And, And even if you try to make it illegal to bus them in, they're going to fly them in. If they don't bus them and fly them in, they'll dump them off in the suburbs. I mean, it's it's coming um they're 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 really looking for a u.s government bailout and i can use illinois somewhat the same example as washington state Ronner and griffin two big big billionaires very wealthy billionaires left illinois last year for where florida florida's florida's gaining a lot of money folks and, and the fact is they took all the people that work with them, at least the top ones, almost all of them went to Florida with them. That's massive amounts of revenue just gone. So, uh, it, it, you know, where, where are you going with this? Well, we're going to talk about it a little bit later in your cost, but somebody somewhere has got to make up that budget deficit. And unfortunately, in most cases, you can't take your agriculture operation and pick it up and move it because it's tied to the ground somewhere. And ground can be taxed, can be taxed at very heavy rates. Just ask farmers in the state of Nebraska, where some of them pay $100 an acre in taxes, which isn't really taxes in my mind. That's more like a lease rental agreement. And that, that is, a, that is that, it's huge money. Huge money. And, you know, it, it's uh, somebody somewhere has got to make up that money shortfall that's coming. I mean, you can, you guys can all jump up and down. You can yell and scream. You can say, hey, um, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, they need to cut their budgets. They need to cut their budgets. Well, I can tell you, um, it's they're, they're 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 not cutting their budgets, folks. 
You know, and, and if California suffers real, real economic problems, just more people move to other places of the USA. It's not just billionaires that are leaving, but but all the people that work for them, their support people, you know, p- private jets, you know, all the people that sell them insurance, you know, advisors, everybody else, all the auxiliary businesses. But I can also tell you that a lot of the people leaving California, if they take their voting habits with them, then the states they leave to are going to be a mess. And, and, okay, I'll pick on Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, very, very popular podcaster, very popular guy, big influencer in the world. But but Joe Rogan, he left California, went to Austin, Texas. He was a Bernie supporter last election, folks, or back in 16. He was a Bernie supporter. Uh, you know, and back to the back to the $100 an acre taxes. There's hard choices to be made when when governments don't get enough money in. But the left is going to always raise taxes first. The the woke progressive left is going to go after the 4%. They're going to go after the 1%. They're going to go whatever percent they need to go after. And that will probably deepen whatever economic crisis there is if we have a big economic crisis. Or even if we don't have an economic crisis, it may force us into an economic crisis. And I look back, you know, everybody talks about, you know, FDR and the Democrats during the Depression and all the kind of good stuff. If it had not been for World War II, we would have been in deep trouble because this country took a hard socialistic turn in the 1936 elections because things weren't getting better. So we went even farther left. And in 1937, you had a secondary crash that actually made things once again worse than what they were in the earlier 30s. But then, of course, World War II came along by 1938. You had a whole lot of other countries that were wanting to buy steel and everything else. And the war economy footing got us up out of the, the economic crunch that we were in. Now, a lot, of, a lot of politicians, I think, are looking for that to happen again. It's just, I can say, are we more like the British Empire now than we were the United States then? Because the British Empire, yes, they did defeat the Germans both in World War I and World War II, but they went bankrupt doing it. They lost their empire. They, they lost all their money because they spent it all. And like I said, it's just, it's just real hard for the, the woke progressive left to make those hard decisions that, that, that they're going to make. Um, and I'm, I'm going to say this too, just looking around on, on talking about economic challenges coming, $95,000 half ton pickup trucks are not a sustainable product, folks. So let's talk a little bit about, is there an economic crisis coming? Is there stuff going? Cause that's all going to really, really affect. It's really going to affect what goes on in, in agriculture. It always does. Um, watch gold and silver. I'm just telling you, watch watch Bitcoin, gold, and silver. Run into safety. Uh, thing, people will go there. Um, you know, remember too, the politicians, don't let a good crisis go to waste. A good crisis, a good economic crisis will allow us to do some things that you people wouldn't normally allow us to do that maybe they have to do to get themselves out of their out of their problem. Uh, 
and, and let's face it, the lawmakers have an excuse to bail themselves out whenever you have an economic crisis. And you also have this huge immigrant cost. Now, the, the, the Dems need new voters. We, we know that. They need new voters. But the, the economic cost, uh, it's there. It's there and it's real. Now, let's go on to a little bit more things. Um, one, one thing I think long-term that's going to affect agriculture and it's a little thing going on. It's kind of hidden away, but whenever it happens, you and, it, and it's happening to the banking industry along along with Donald J. Trump in New York in court. They will probably come up with all kinds of little things to insulate themselves more. That insulate themselves meaning the banks will insulate themselves more from potential future litigation. And it's all about asset valuation. Now. We can argue about the value of Mar-a-Lago all day long. And unless you put it up for sale and got it sold, we're really not going to know what the actual value of that thing is. And that's the same thing I can say about a lot of farmers. There's a lot of farmers that have filled out a lot of financial balance sheets for a lot of uh, not just banks but other financial institutions. And I can tell you, every one of you have overvalued something on that balance sheet. And to the standard that the court system in New York's going after Donald Trump, you're all guilty of ripping off the taxpayers, the banks, everybody else that they say that, that Trump's ripping off. It's not intentional. And I can tell you at every auction... There's always something that doesn't bring as much as everybody thought it would. And then there's always something that always brings a lot more. And generally, if you have enough items, everything everything levels out. And your total that you thought ahead of time is generally pretty much the total you get at the end. But the individual items could be off, could be wrong. You know, the banks lost nothing. Deutsche Bank said that they would... You know, continue to make Donald Trump loans. The, you know, the, the, the name, the brand, all that kind of stuff had an intrinsic value above and beyond what, you know, the valuation was. He, him and his companies paid all the loans off with interest. The banks made money. Nobody lost any money in this deal. There was no harm, but yet the court system is trying to say somebody was, somebody was harmed. And, or, or as, as my wife would say, it's a dangerous way to run a bunch of you one to four percenters out of business. If you're not the preferred ownership type, well, let's, let's dig into your, what you said the finances were. Let's see how it works out. Let's see where we're going to go with that thing. You know, it, it just, just may work out that way. (laughs) It, 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 isn't it fun when a, when a plan comes together or doesn't come together? Um, and, and I know you could say, well, you know, that's because you're conservative. That's because you're backing Trump. That's because this, that's because of that. No, I'm telling you, these court cases have generally long-standing, long-affecting things that end up generally costing all of us money. And and the fact is, it was all over a valuation of a loan that was already paid back is beyond is beyond nuts. But okay, 
Let's talk about the last big issue economic-wise right now, I think, looking at us in agriculture in the face, and that's agricultural transportation and international trade. Okay, we've gotten some rain. Things have kind of gotten better, but we're still dry in the eastern part of this country. The Mississippi River, if it continues to not get water, there's still going to be the issues with the river with low water. We got the Panama Canal problems. And it was just those two, you know, what I call nature things. Um, they, we could we could work around it, but they, they are, especially that Panama Canal, a, a real major problem for agricultural exports. Yes, China would like to see everything come out of the Pacific Northwest. I mean, the PNW, that, that's a great way for them to get stuff close to them. They don't have to worry about going going through a continent or around a continent or anything else going on. Uh, so the PNW is going to continue to be good there. Uh, but we, we have that um, with the Panama Canal, where a lot of stuff are still loaded out of the Gulf. The Gulf is still a huge export terminal for the United States. Okay, now let's talk about one of our biggest corn markets and another big problem, an economic problem with a lot of manufacturing implications, the rail crossing closures going into Mexico. And it's not just going into Mexico, it's coming out of Mexico because everybody wants to jump on a train and ride them in and out. um, So they've closed the border. Uh, Folks, I'm telling you, it's messing with the corn basis right now. A lot of people are wondering what they're going to do. There's a lot of trains that need to be loaded. If Mexico can't get corn from us, that they they may turn to you know boating some out of Brazil or some other place. South Africa is going to raise a decent crop. It looks like this year, and they got to they got to have corn to feed their livestock if that's what they're going for. But yet the, this rail closing thing, I I think part of that was the Biden administration. They had to do something, and it looks like they're doing something. And and now they're going to put these. It's in like an embargo. Um, uh, you have to apply for this permission to ship stuff across. Uh, and I can tell you that the auto manufacturing stuff, that the, the truck manufacturing, those kinds of things that are going to have union workers involved, will get those slips from the Biden administration before a bunch of grain exports will. That's just going to happen. That not, not making any comments here, just saying what the fact of the matter is going to be. And you got the, the railroads closed down going into Mexico, and Mexico's a really big corn buyer of the United States. It, it's a problem. It's a problem going forward. It, we'll see if it doesn't get solved right after the first of the year. You know, we we may once again lose a little more money in this cash market uh, go, going down into um, Mexico. Now, the Red Sea problem. You know, is is the next place going to be the Straits of Gibraltar? Well, it looked like now today the next place is off the coast of India, but they are taking low dollar, very inexpensive drones. And basically running the shipping out. And, and okay, yeah, our Navy could shoot them down with millions of dollars of missiles, of a missile. Um, one missile is millions of dollars. Plus, you have to go to port to reload them. They can't reload them on ship. 
that that's an interesting design uh, feature in the United States Navy that you got to take these Navy ships into port to get the missiles reloaded. I wonder who got that contract. Um, because the Navy guys can't reload them on the ship. But cheap drones versus a millions of, versus millions of dollars missiles. Uh, wars are economics, folks. The wars are economics. Uh, they, they've always been economics. And, of course, the Israel and the United States are tied close to each other. And in the past, blockades have been a very, very good uh, tool by one country to use against another country. The Suez Canal is 50% of the Egyptian government's income. So if you cut the Suez Canal traffic in half, you just cut half of Egypt, 25% of Egypt's income is gone. And the Egyptian government, that, that's a problem. I, I'm guessing we're going to have to make up the deficit there. Uh, just print more money and send it. I mean, we already put map, you know, I already put cash on pallets and dropped it off to the Iranians. We could fly some over Egypt, I guess. But that that's a, that's a lot of lot of problems in Yemen. It's location, location, location. This is probably some of the most worthless real estate in the world, except it's right next to a choke point of a major trade route of the world. And, you know, get yeah, suck us into another Afghanistan. You know, we're, we're not, we're not going to do saturation bombing and take care of the problem and completely eliminate it. No, we're not going to do that. We're, we're not going to do that. So yet we're going to try to go in there, you know, and, and, and determine who's, who's, who's a instigator of the missile firing and who's just an innocent civilian and that's going to be tough to know because they're probably all over the board all the time. You know, Saudi Saudi crude, crude Saudi crude, Saudi Arabian crude to Europe's affected. It's about twelve percent of the world energy shipment. It's containers from China to Europe, and um, this could end up if it gets completely shut down, affecting exports out of the Black Sea in Russia. Uh, and, and let's talk about the the real big problem here, and that's insurance issues with uh, the international shipping. Now, Russia Russia has taken care of their insurance issues on their ships in the Black Sea by the government of Russia basically insuring their own ships. Uh, you know, with the insurance issues... If you enter a war zone, all these insurance policies say you lose all your insurance. Not just something caused by the war, by the war, but all your insurance. So if your engines break down and you need a tow, you don't have any insurance. You don't, you don't have any tow, tow insurance. Uh, that, that's the way they write these policies. So you have... Ships that are just not going to go in certain areas because even if it's something that, that wasn't even caused by one of the drones flying into them, they don't have any insurance. It, it, and you got the laws of the sea, and you got you know all these salvage rules, and and it's a it's a it's a crazy deal. Um, you know, and and this you know Iran hitting this tanker off the coast of India. 
you know, I don't know if they've shut it down or not, but there there's a website, Tanker Trackers, where you can go track shipping all over the world because what they're doing is they're picking up all these transponders that these ships have. Now, when the Russians were doing everything they could to get around the sanctions because of the uh, Ukrainian war, uh, you had a lot of ships that were shutting the transporter tra- transponders off. But then if they would start their transponder back up someplace down the road, that well, then you, they would show up. You'd see where they were. Um, you know, but this, this last one today off the coast of India, they think was launched directly from Iran. But let, let's get to it, folks. There's a huge amount of agriculture commodities shipped on the ocean. Huge. Tremendous. And oh, by the way, the Pentagon's Operation Prosperity Garden, I guess, is kind of, Guardian has kind of fell apart. Uh, Spain, Italy, and France says, no, they're not going to do it. Um, so once again, you know, Biden's weak leadership, we don't have our allies participating in this. And um, that, that's another reason you're not going to have insurance. Um you know, and, and, and the insurance and who owns the ships, whether they got Israeli money behind them or not, or, or they think they are, um, is is part of the part of the deal here. But also, most of these ships are owned by what I'll call international money, and most of the ships are flagged to a country to beat out paying taxes, like the Mariana Islands or you know, Trinidad and Tobago or wherever they they flag them out of, which means they're not paying anything to the countries that are protecting these ships in the way of taxes on the income. So I think you're probably going to have some countries that are going to say, hey, if you're going to expect us to expend dollars to protect your shipping, then you maybe need to, to join us, quote-unquote, and become part of our, our country and pay taxes to said military that's protecting you. Now, I don't think the United States is doing that, but that may come about with some of these other people. And once again, I mean, the, the, the long term, if this transportation issues don't get solved, that's, that's not good for agricultural exports. Trains, sh- ships... Even the barges on the Mississippi, if the water gets low again, I mean it all. It all takes at the end of the day, it takes money out of the farmer's pocket. And I, I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, finally, it looks like Russia's maybe shipped all the wheat they need to ship right away, and kind of got that moved on down the road. The internal wheat price in the interior of Russia is like three dollars and thirty cents a bushel. So that shows you. You know, with their cost of transportation and the fact that they're kind of playing outside the bounds of, of, of legality, international legality and financing, what the cost is, um, that that money's coming out of the farmers. Now, I can also say, though, too, that if you don't pay the farmers enough money, the farmers will not keep producing at the level they're producing and when that happens, then the consumer's going to have to make up the difference. But right now, since we already have the, the production produced, the farmers are going to, for lack of a better word, pay the freight both ways. This is, this is some crazy stuff going on. 
Um, and, and I'm not trying to shake anybody up the first of the year, but I think there's a lot of things that, that you're maybe not going to get from your normal, average, everyday uh, market advisor. And I'm not giving you any grain marketing advice here. Um, I, I'm just talking about transportation issues that are going to cost you money. One way or another, it's going to cost us money. And, you know, the, the, everything from the railroad to the ships to everything else... You know, if it gets where the where the Iranians are shooting off these cheap drones all over, for lack of a better word, the world, um, and just to raise the cost of everybody through causing chaos and havoc, um, it's it's gonna it's gonna cost the American farmer some money. Well, hey, don't don't want to leave this on a down note. You know, things things are actually pretty good in agriculture. We're coming off some pretty good years. A little bit tough in the hog market right now. You got some some crops like rice and cotton that maybe haven't had uh, the run up. Uh, interest rates are higher, yes, but cattle cattle prices are good. Uh, grain prices are. I'm going to use the term adequate. I mean, they're going they're going to get us through. If they don't get you through, you may want to look at your cost side on things, um, and you may want to dial back. You know what you think prices in the future are going to be but things overall are pretty good i mean you know as, as i've always said you know you could have been in the city of baghdad when genghis khan showed up outside or it was maybe kublai khan one one or the other either dad or son you know while they were rampaging over most of the known asiatic world at the time they reduced the world's population by 11 percent the mongols Took eleven percent of the people out of the out, just off the map. You know, Baghdad was like a city of three million people, and it was gone. So and so until you got the Mongol horde showing up outside the city gates, things aren't too bad. You know, you 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 could have been you could have been in Soviet, you know, Stalin's Soviet Union. You could have been in Mao's China. Uh, you could have been in Cambodia when that place lost its mind. There, there's there's a whole lot of places that I sometimes think we don't really appreciate how well we've got it and how well off we are right now. And that doesn't mean things can't go to pieces at any time. It's always capable of that. But overall, I, I think we've had a pretty good three-year run here in agriculture. Uh, th- things are nice. They're good. I see a lot of I see a lot of potential problems in the future, but once again, I also know the American farmers pretty good at solving solving the problems that they can solve within their own sphere of influence that can overcome some of these international problems that we see going out there. But but I think you just want to look at these transportation issues. I think you want to look at some of these economic issues. Uh, I think some of these states with their state and local government budget deficits. Um, are, are tremendous, and those 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 will affect people unevenly. If you're in a state that's that's kept their budget pretty well together and got things you know pretty good, you're not going to see you know the level of per acre real estate tax that you're probably going to see in some of these states that haven't kept their financial house in order. So th- those are going to be more uneven and more not how do I say, not kind of the same across the board. They're going to be more localized. 
But once again, you know, you, you're going to have to maybe get involved and try to figure out how you're going to work through these issues and what, what you're going to do with them. Well, hey, to the smartest audience in agriculture, I really mean this. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Uh, hopefully in 2024, I'll get more podcasts out than I did in 2023. Sorry about the break. We'll be back at it again. To everybody, have a Merry Christmas and a very, very profitable New Year.